0: Exploring faith journeys and inspiring ministries that embody the good news of God, this is The Cumberland Road. I'm your host, TJ Melanosky. Finding the divine in a multitude of life moments and seeing God in people where they exhibit love grace and compassion. Christian Smith shares his faith journey with me. Christian is a minister, a husband, and a father. He has been serving the First Cumberland Presbyterian Church in Cookville, Tennessee for the last seven and a half years. In our conversation, Christian talks about a point in his life of knowing what others wanted in him. Needing to discover for himself who he was supposed to be. In a raw and authentic way, Christian asked, Where would he be without a relationship with the divine and the love from others along his journey? You are listening to the Cumberland Road Podcast, and here is my conversation with Christian Smith. Christian Smith, it is a pleasure to be on the podcast with you. Uh, Thanks for being a guest. If you don't mind, take a couple minutes, pretend like somebody is listening today that's never met you. Where do you serve? What are you up to? What are you doing?
1: All right. First of all, thank you, TJ, for having me here. I've enjoyed listening to your other podcasts, getting to know some of my friends a little better, and uh, getting to meet new people through that. So uh, it's, it's now my pleasure to introduce myself to some other folks. Uh, I am Christian Smith. I am the senior minister at Cookville First Cumberland Presbyterian Church, of course, in Cookville, Tennessee. I've been serving here now for about seven and a half years. The church hired me seven and a half years ago to be their associate pastor. Uh, with the intention of becoming the senior pastor, there, there's Pastor Charles McCaskey had been serving here for almost 40 years uh, and had announced his retirement uh, date. So they they hired they were looking for the associate who would become the senior pastor. It worked out really well. It is a great way to make a transition after a long term pastor. It allowed me to learn some of the history of the church, learn how Charles. Uh, interacted in the church and allowed me to honor that as he retired while I still tried to make my own way as the senior pastor. So I've been here for seven and a half years. Before that, I served churches uh, in Chattanooga, churches in McMinnville, churches in Murfreesboro. Uh, So that's a little bit about who I am and where I've served in the Cameron Presbyterian Church. I've been a minister in this denomination now, or at least in the candidate, starting in the candidacy process in this denomination about 20 years ago.
0: Wow. Now you were telling me um, off the podcast that there was one point in your life that you served in the prison system. Tell tell me a little bit more about that.
1: (laughs) Well, I, uh, I've told you before that, uh, my first attempt at college did not go well. I, I like to party a little more than I like to attend classes. So, when I left college, I was looking for a job, and being a big old boy, uh, because I am you know six and a half feet tall and, and, and pretty big around at this point, uh, a security job was right up my alley. I'd served as security guards, and there was an opening for uh, some work in the Nashville correctional system. So I, I went to work in corrections in Nashville and wound up working in juvenile detention in Nashville for around seven years. I served as the booking officer there uh, and, and did, did a lot of work with what I thought was going to be runways and shoplifters. And it wound up being kids who had done a whole lot worse than that. And it was, it was a great chance to not, not so much share my faith. I didn't, I didn't do a lot of that, didn't have that opportunity there, but I did have the opportunity to share some kindness and compassion to some folks who weren't always treated very kindly.
0: Some of your upbringing came from uh, the Upper Cumberland Presbyterian Church, and the Upper Cumberland Presbyterian Church has its uh, roots in the Cumberland Presbyterians and they originated out of, oh, uh, out of the mid-50s. Uh, for those who don't know much about the history of the Upper Cumberland Presbyterian Church, um, talk about that for just a couple minutes. Who they are, and and you were telling me that your your dad served at, uh, a church as well, and and maybe some of the subtle differences between the two denominations.
1: Okay, you know, we talked about it off, offline a little bit, but you, you, I think, know more of the history of the Upper Cumberland Church than I do. Uh, yeah, I, I grew up in the Upper Cumberland denomination, which broke away or left the Cumberland Presbyterian Church in the mid-50s, uh, primarily because of the, church, the Cumberland Presbyterian Church's uh, joining of the National Council of Churches, work with the Revised Standard Version of the Bible, which the... Those who did not agree with that called themselves the fellowship of conservative Cumberland Presbyterians. After a lot of uh, debate and dissension in the church, they wound up leaving and many of them formed their own denomination, which was the Upper Cumberland Presbyterian Church. Uh, It is a small denomination that is primarily at this point Located in Middle Tennessee, there were some churches in Northern Alabama, and I think all of those have closed their doors at this point. Uh, Major differences between them: they do primarily use, with some revisions, the 1883 Confession of Faith of the Cumberland Presbyterian Church. Uh, They do believe in King James version of the Bible only. Uh, There's no women allowed in leadership of the church. Uh, they're just they're they're a little more conservative they're they're well they're a lot more conservative uh and while while my theology has wound up differing from them so to speak they are still great people who helped to raise me and make me who i am and i am forever grateful uh for all that church did for me growing up you know i i was raised in the in the Upper Cumberland Presbyterian Church. I was ordained to ministry in the Upper Cumberland Presbyterian Church at the age of 19. They didn't have the educational requirements uh, that we do. And and I'm thankful for the opportunity that I had to learn and grow from that group.
0: Talk for a few minutes about your, your foundation and your upbringing in the faith. Have you always felt Uh, that you were a Christian, a follower of Christ? Uh, Was there a lightning bolt experience? What was that like for you, Christian?
1: Well, like I said, my dad was a minister in the Upper Cumberland Presbyterian Church. And so I've gone to church all of my life from the day that I was born. It didn't matter what I did on Saturday. It doesn't matter what my family did on Saturday. I was going to church on Sunday morning. Uh, So I can't say that there was this lightning bolt moment of recognition of God's presence. I've always known that God was there. Mm -hmm. I've always been active in the church. I've always had the opportunity to participate in worship life. Uh, I was a leader of the youth. I was an active participant in Sunday schools. You know, I I, I did a lot in the church. I always knew that God was there. I think my lightning bolt experiences came perhaps when I left the church uh, (laughs) and started Started becoming uh, an adult and thinking that I knew my own way. I made lots of mistakes uh, and I strayed pretty far from God. And the lightning bolts came when when God would, would call me back to where I ought to be. Uh, luckily, God has never given up on me in the moments where perhaps I was ready to give up on myself or other people were ready to give up
0: on me. <laughs> You know, Krishna, a lot of people probably have uh, journeys where they've faced a fork in the road, a metaphorical fork in the road where they're very active in the church, maybe as a youth or young adult, and then they've left. You know, generally speaking, how how does that thought process go? Uh, you know, it's a difficult thing sometimes to to leave And then sometimes it's even more difficult to reconnect with the community of faith. So what was that like for you? But also, you know, what would you share with somebody who maybe was very active in a community of faith and, and then left? What words of wisdom would you share with them?
1: I don't know that I have really great words of wisdom for many people, but I I have, I, I'm happy to share my experience and how I wound up perhaps back on the, the, the correct path. There's a couple of times where I found myself on a fork in the road with my faith journey. And one of those was when I left home uh, and I went to college, I had I had my first real opportunity to be out on my own and I did not make the greatest decisions <laughs> You know, I, I had already been, uh, I'd already been in the ministry. I'd already been preaching in churches and I thought I knew what everybody else wanted me to be. I thought I knew what God wanted me to be, but at that point I wasn't real sure what I wanted me to be. Mm. And when I got to college and I had the opportunity to go out and be on my own and not be under the watchful eye of my parents and every, (laughs) everybody else, uh, I did not always make the greatest of decisions and I, and I strayed pretty far from, and I don't want to say pretty far. I, I, I strayed. I, I didn't do awful things, but I strayed from who I thought I ought to be, mm-hmm. uh, made some poor, poor choices, but thankfully God never gave up on me. And God pulled me back in and I, I was able to continue in the ministry. God put people in my path who helped me to figure out uh, what it meant to be a child of God and what it meant to serve God. So in that, in that instance, God didn't give up and God put the correct people in my path. And that, that's, that's a recurring theme is the people in my path who helped me, help draw me back in. Another opportunity where I, I hit that fork in the road was when I left the Upper Cumberland Presbyterian Church. Uh, after I left college, my wife and I got married. Uh, a few years later and it was actually on my wedding day my wife had already helped pull me back in so so to speak to the church by that point we were more active in serving the church and on my wedding day uh, I got a job offer from an upper cumberland presbyterian church to serve as their associate pastor and Jody Jody my wife and I moved uh to serve that church and serve, enjoyed serving that church for a few years. But then my theology perhaps began to show some differences. uh, And and my idea of what it meant to serve in the church began to be different uh, than what theirs was. Uh, And so it came time for me to make the decision to, to stay or to go. And eventually we decided that, we needed to leave the Upper Cumberland Church, and that was a that was a decision that broke my heart mm-hmm. uh, because they they did raise me, they did give me opportunity that I found my identity in that group. But when we decided to leave, uh, I, I really thought that I was leaving the ministry altogether. Uh, I thought my time serving in that role was done. But again. God didn't give up on me, and God still had a job for me, and God continued to put people in my path to help pull me back into where I ought to be, so a few weeks after leaving uh, that role with the Upper Cumberland Church, I got a phone call from one of the elders at the Rockville Cumberland Presbyterian Church. That happened to be where uh, where my grandparents had attended church for years. And they were without a minister, so they needed someone to preach on Easter Sunday. So They uh, asked me if I would be willing to fill the pulpit that Sunday. <laughs> did, they, I, you know, did they
0: ask you or did they tell you as grandparents? Well,
1: the elder asked me, the grandparents told me, uh, the elder asked me, but the grandparents had already told him I would say yes. And I did. I was certainly not going to turn down my grandparents' church. So I went to preach that that Easter Sunday morning. And following the service, one of the elders comes up to me afterwards and goes, so you're going to be here next Sunday as well, right? And that that happened, and I wound up serving that church as an interim pastor for about a year and a half until they found their full-time pastor. Uh, and at that point, they made me their youth director. They wanted to keep me around for some reason. Uh, and that was the beginning of my walk in the Cumberland Presbyterian Church, uh, you know, it didn't matter where what that fork in the road looked like. It didn't matter where I started to walk. God always was there, and God was always putting people in front of me to help bring me back in. Mm-hmm. So my, my, my words of wisdom, so to speak, to those who would find themselves at a fork in the road is to realize that God does not abandon us. And God puts people in our path. So lean upon those people who care for you. Lean upon those people who are there to support you. Listen to their words of wisdom, because sometimes those words of wisdom uh, don't just come from them. Sometimes they come from the divine being who loves each and every one of us.
0: Sometimes the people around us know us better than we know ourselves. Mm Mm-hmm. You had mentioned your grandparents as clearly individuals have an impact on, on your journey of faith. Uh, who else, Christian, would you like to name that have kind of encouraged you strengthened your relationship with Christ and in your ministry?
1: There are so many people having grown up in church. There are so many names that I can mention. Many of them from the upper Cumberland church that folks wouldn't recognize, you know, Ministers like Horace Allen and Charles Jones and James Edson, uh, who, and so many others who helped for me, my parents, my grandparents. Uh, you know, today it, it, it's my wife and my child who uh, continue to love me and care for me. It is my church family here, my church families from Chattanooga and McMinnville and Rockville who still call me and check on me who, who who i still have the opportunity to speak to from time to time um uh, there there are the people like june savage who was my childhood sunday school teacher who saw that calling in me long before i saw it in myself mm. uh you know there's there are too many folks to name uh, but there are an abundance of people who have always been there for me uh in big ways and in little ways.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I will always be thankful for those who have helped to keep me on my path.
0: Christian, thinking about where we are in 2022 towards the beginning of this year and looking at your relationship with Christ, did you have any meaningful experiences that uh, you'd like to share that have impacted you? And it could be something really recent. Uh, it could be a childhood experience, a youth experience, young adult Something that just affirms your relationship, strengthens your relationship, not only with God, but I think just with all of humanity.
1: Gosh, it's hard to narrow down experiences to God to just one. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously, as a pastor, one of the easiest ones to go back to is that call experience. You know, I, I can't remember oftentimes what I did yesterday, but I can remember every detail <laughs> of the day that I heard God say, this is what I want you to do. Mm-hmm. I You know, I, I, I did not hear God's audible voice, but I felt that voice. I felt that call and I can remember every detail of that moment. That was my first real meaningful experience where God, where I felt God was speaking to me directly Mm -hmm. and God was pointing me in a direction. And I, you know, I was 15 years old. I thought there's no way that I can do that. I don't have the knowledge to be able to do that. I was scared to stand in front of people. Uh, I remember when I was younger, my dad pastored a church with like 10 people on a good Sunday. And nine of those people I think were related to me. (laughs) And one Sunday, we didn't have a we didn't have a song leader. I was 10, 11 years old. My dad asked me if I would lead the singing that Sunday. And I, I sure, sure. I got up to lead the singing and I made it about halfway through the first verse. And then apparently I passed out. I, I woke up a few minutes later on the back pew. I hate, hated speaking in front of people. And yet, That was what God wanted me to do. And I thought there's, there's just no way. So I ran from that call for a little while, not as, not as long as others have. Uh, and, and I, and then finally, I, God never relented. God never let up. And finally I made the deal that you're not supposed to make with God. And I, you know, I said, God, if you'll give me that one clear, unmistakable sign, I'll do it. The next Sunday, the very next Sunday we went to church and I went to the Sunday school class with that Sunday school teacher, June Savage, that I was talking about earlier. Uh, and she had decided that for the first time ever, our church was going to have a youth Sunday. And while she didn't mention my name that time, she did ask if one of us would consider preaching the sermon. And that was enough for me. Uh, that was my sign. And that was very clearly God being present in that moment, but I, you know, I see God in a multitude of moments every day. Uh, I see God in the people who are continuing to show love and grace and compassion through some very difficult times right now. It would be so easy for us to jump into the division and the hatred that we see around us. But I, st- I see people every day who are who are rejecting that hatred and instead buying into the love and grace of Christ and sharing that with others. And, and they give me strength. They give me confidence. And they help to help keep me on that path of, uh, of care for others. So th- that's just a few of the ways that I see God uh, in my life and see God today.
0: In terms of the church... Christian, what what ideas do you have? What aspirations do you have for the church in in this present time and in the future?
1: You know, there's a couple of things that a couple of hopes that I have for the church right now, for the Cumberland Presbyterian Church in particular. Uh, as someone who comes from a group that broke off from the Cumberland Presbyterian Church, as someone who has come from uh, division, I hope that we can see division is not always the solution. I hope we can begin to try and find ways to work together to find compromise and to find connection. And one of my favorite things that we see in the confession of faith it's in there twice in the Confession of Faith. It talks about the mystery of God's divine ways. I do not have God figured out. I've been in ministry now for 28 years. Uh, I don't have God figured out. I don't have the Bible figured out. I don't have theology figured out. I don't have all of the answers. One of my favorite answers sometimes is I don't know. And it's okay to admit that we don't know, that we don't have it all figured out. But we can come closer to figuring out how to be the church. We can come closer to figuring out how to make a difference in the world if we're doing it together. Yeah, we're going to have disagreements. Yes, we're going to have debates. But we can't allow those disagreements and debates to define us. What defines us is that for God so loved the world. God loved us, Christ loved us, and we are called to follow that example of love and care for one another. Uh, If we could get past our division and see our connections, uh, I think our church could grow. I think our church could find healing and find a future. So that's my hope for the Cumberland Presbyterian Church. My hope for the church in general, uh, it goes back to what I said earlier earlier, you know, we are we're surrounded by hatred and division in the world right now you know it's easy to look around and see the negative my hope for the church is that we will project the positive instead of buying into the negative let's show the world that there is hope and there is opportunity uh, yeah covid has has been awful our our crowds are down at Cookville uh, we don't have as many people attending in person, but our online crowds are huge. Our opportunities to do to do ministry and study are different now because, uh, as I joked with you earlier, the church is finally joining the twentieth century uh, we, and bringing in televisions and cameras. And because of all that, we we are connecting with more people than we ever did before. Right. So while it's easy to see the negative of lower crowds, let's look at the opportunity that we have of doing ministry in a different way.
0: Christian, you've you've mentioned some positives about the church, about the community of faith. Um, what are those positives that you would want to share with somebody who's not, you know, faith connected in any way? Not to convince, but just say, hey, this is part of our identity and we're, you know, very proud, and, and, and we're very uplifted by this defining us as a group of people.
1: I mean, I, there's there's so much that is positive about being in the church. Of course, the relationship with the divine, the relationship with the Savior is obviously important to us, and it brings us that hope of salvation, that hope of future, that, that hope of freedom, but it also gives us the guidance and the purpose that we need for our day-to-day life. I don't know where I would be without God. I don't know where I would be without that relationship to the divine that leads me, yes, in a calling that is also my vocation, but leads me in a calling where I feel like I'm making a difference in the lives of others. And that doesn't have to be pastoral ministry. That, that could be any calling. So the positive, what the, the great positive is that relationship with God, that relationship with the divine that gives me purpose, but also the relationship with people. I, I can't imagine where I would be without a church family. You know that I've spent the last five days sitting in my bedroom, isolated because of COVID, uh, and it it was really lonely sitting there. But every day I was getting phone calls or text messages or emails from folks in my church and folks in my faith community outside of Cookville, just checking on me, wanting to know if there was anything they could do for me. You know, it is, it is nice to have, it is nice to have that familial relationship with people who want to love and care for you, who want to be there for you in the darkest moments of your life, uh, and want to celebrate with you in the joyous moments of your life. Those relationships uh, are something that it is hard to duplicate outside of the church.
0: Yeah. I would add grace to that. you know, there's an extension of grace from human to human, and of course, divine to human that it is hard, well, I don't think it can be replicated in any other kind of setting or context. and I, I need that uh, personally
1: <laughs> oh, I certainly I certainly need that. i you know, I told you, you know I've made mistakes in college, but i Gosh, I continue to make plenty of mistakes every day. Uh, I I continue to mess up. And that example of grace and care and compassion that I receive from my spouse, that I receive from my child, that I receive from my church family, you know, it doesn't matter. Uh, It doesn't matter if I mess up. They still love me. They may have to correct me, but they still love me and they still welcome me. And that example of grace is one that I wish that we as a church uh, could more freely share, not just with the folks in our faith community, but with everyone in the world, realizing that we are all made in the image of God, and yet we are all all people who make mistakes each and every day and who need forgiveness and love and grace and compassion.
0: Right. for Forgiveness from other human beings and forgiveness from God. Yeah, It's important.
1: Yeah. I don't know how I could function if I didn't know that God forgives me because oftentimes I I have difficulty forgiving myself, (laughs) but knowing, (laughs) knowing that God forget, knowing that God can forgive me, uh, knowing that others can forgive me helps me to feel better about who I am and to let go some of those things that perhaps I have done wrong.
0: Yeah. I think it's a test of time as well. Uh, Our confession of faith kind of alludes to this in the assurance of forgiveness, this, you know, that that trust comes over a period of time. And I think being a recipient of grace uh, time and time again, again and again, uh, assures that. And I don't know if it needs to be proved to me, but it definitely builds like a form of confidence and um, assurance of, Moving throughout the day without being paralyzed by fear or retribution or cancellation. And um, I, I, fi- I find hope in that uh, and encouragement. And it helps me feel, uh, you would mentioned the word uh, freedom. You know, there's, there's a sense of bravery uh, of being able mm-hmm. to, to uh, grow and move and experiment and try knowing that you may fail, that you will make mistakes, that you will sin. Um, it's just that being able to learn from that and know that you can bounce back and seeking that forgiveness.
1: Like I said, I, I've, I, I've wandered away from God at times. I have made mistakes. I will continue to make mistakes every day. But the fact that God keeps saying, Christian, I want you to serve Christian. I want you to make a difference. Christian, I need you to stand up and share this message, or I need you to offer pastoral care to this person, the fact that God still finds ways to use me gives me that assurance of pardon. It gives me that bravery, as you said, to keep moving forward. Uh, You know, I could easily fall down the rabbit hole of I've made mistakes and I can't pick myself up, but I don't have to because God keeps picking me up. God has never let me go Uh, and God has continued to give me that purpose. That's that's why I find it so hard to see how people function outside of that relationship with God. I don't know what my purpose would be if I didn't have that relationship. I don't know how I, I don't know how well I could function without that constant reassurance of relationship with God.
0: (laughs) Well, Christian, in your, five days of isolation i i would assume that you've had time to think and and been looking for things to help pass time so are, are there books or movies or music in your life uh, long ago or recently that impact you that speak to you
1: i'd like to be honest to tell you that i spent five days reading all kinds of books and growing as a person, but I I can't honestly say I did that. (laughs) What I did do a lot of, uh, because I do a lot of it all the time, is I listen to music. Uh, I I really enjoy listening to music. One of my favorite hobbies is going to concerts. If you were to walk into my den, I think I have somewhere in the neighborhood of 23, 24 concert posters in my den Uh, from shows that I have attended. Uh, I love music. And and the genre of music that I particularly enjoy is Americana music. It's what they call it. And and I think they just call it that because they don't know what else to call it. They can't really classify (laughs) it. It's a mix of rock and folk and country. And there's all kinds of different artists in there. Most people who know me know that most of those concert posters have the name Jason Isbell on them. I love going to see him live. My wife doesn't like to listen to some of that music with me, uh, particularly because she thinks most of it is way too sad. <laughs> uh, and, and it, it I, I know where she's coming from because it does, that kind of music, that, that genre of music speaks to the human experience perhaps better than any others to me. Uh, it shares the struggles of life. It shares the difficult moments that folks have gone to and in a much deeper level than, you know, the popular country music that I feel like we hear on the radio, but it doesn't just share that it shares their journey out of that experience as well. And I think that's, for me that is encouraging in that music because I, I struggle just like everybody else. I struggle emotionally. I struggle With confidence, I struggle with a lot of issues, and knowing that other people struggle as well, and other people are finding their way out of that, that is a huge encouragement to me. And I think if we as people could be more honest with our struggles and be more honest with how we are trying to work out of those struggles, we might realize that all of us are dealing with that. You know, we live in a world where we share our positive moments on social media, and it glamorizes life. And and the reality is all of us, all of us are having difficult times. If we could share that just as much and learn how to be honest with who we are, perhaps we could also learn how to better lean upon each other so that we are not feeling like we have to make it out of those dark moments of life by ourselves, but we have others who are able able and willing to lift us up out of those difficult times.
0: Yeah, I think books and movies and, and music speak to us on an emotional level. Mm-hmm. And challenge for us I mean and they ask great questions of who am I and what relationships do i have and what is my purpose what is my place and i think as as a community of faith as christians as christianity you know we can point people to this commonalities of just being a human being and the difficulties that can come with it the struggles that come with it you know not that we have a solution but here is a pointer to a faith that provides some understanding and solace and comfort. And as we mentioned earlier, grace, where you can't find it in any other kind of context. So I'm glad that music does that for, for you, Christian. Christian, I've, uh, if folks wanted to continue to follow you on your faith journey, uh, where would you point them to? What are you up to? Where can we find you?
1: You can always find me sitting in Cookville somewhere. Uh, <laughs> uh, obviously, like most people, you can find me on social media. Uh, I have I have Facebook, I have Instagram, I have those things, but I'm not really active on my personal pages, unless you want to see pictures of my 13-year-old daughter every now and then. That's about the extent of what I share. But as far as my faith journey and my work here in Cookville, you can always find us on the Cookville Cumberland Presbyterian Church Facebook page. We broadcast our services every Sunday morning uh, at eight forty-five. We're also on YouTube. Uh, you can find us on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Typically, we are doing a Facebook Live Bible study My Associate Pastor Caleb Norris and I. Uh, kind of alternate who's doing those studies as we are walking through the different Gospels. You know, we one of the opportunities we found during COVID is that while our attendance and Sunday night Bible studies waned, if we moved those online, we got a huge response. So every Tuesday and Thursday, we do what we call coffee and conversation. Uh, and it's just a short Bible study. Uh, that is an opportunity we have found and thoroughly enjoyed. So those are the, those are the easiest ways to find me on my faith journey. All
0: right. Uh, coffee and conversation. Uh, it- Is it set up to where you can have dialogue?
1: It it is. Well, it's a Facebook Live, so there are comments uh, that people can make. We don't have a whole lot of people taking advantage of that. They tell us hi, and every now and then we get uh, a question. But we would love to have more of a conversation during that time. You know, that's made difficult because people aren't always watching it live. Some people are watching it later in the day, but that's, you know, that's another opportunity is you can watch it anytime. And of course, you can always drop a comment and we'll get back to you the next Coffee and Conversation time.
0: All right. All right. So to find Christian and uh, join in and support his ministry, you can go to the Cookville Cumberland Presbyterian Facebook page and uh, website YouTube page. And yeah. you, you can find Christian there. Christian, thank you so much for sharing and uh, working through uh, the kind of the tail end of the COVID fog and uh, just, and, and giving me some of your time. And, and of course, allowing me to hear your faith journey. I appreciate
1: it. TJ, I appreciate you having me. I appreciate, I appreciate your support, making this a easy and somewhat painless process. Uh, <laughs> And and I appreciate those who would want to join along and follow me on my faith journey.
0: Christian, thank you. And thank you for listening to today's podcast. Grab a friend and travel with me on the next journey down Cumberland Road.